Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. And this is Toys by Chance, show where we come and talk all things entertainment, including movies, television, streaming, and if we get really desperate, books. We haven't gotten that desperate yet. It could happen, though. Uh, we are back this week with another episode, and you know, given current events right now, we decided that it'd be really beneficial to look at a movie dealing with racial injustice. And you guys decided to have us sit through Fruitvale Station once once more. Now, I guess that sounds like a negative, but we'll get to it later. But, Russell, we are not alone through this show. We actually have a very special guest. I feel like this is a good time to try and amplify other black voices, which is why we have uh, one of my good friends, a uh, comedian, writer, actor, Winston Marshall. Winston, how you doing, man? I'm chilling. I can't believe y'all made me watch motherfucking Fruitville. I, I didn't even <laughs> ask if I could cuss. I apologize. You but can. You I, can. You can. I just, you're making me watch Fruitville Station again. Do you understand that the first time I cried like a bitch in the theater is when I went to see this movie? Why would you do this to me, Chance? <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't my decision. That was, that was what our viewers wanted us to do. And we're... You know, we're subject to that. We're subject to their wrath. <laughs> so it's up to them. But Fair. <laughs> we'll get into Fruitvale Station, why it made uh, two-thirds of us cry later. But for right now, we have... We usually have trailer talk. We have no trailers to talk about right now. So we go into some movie news, first of which... Or just notorious news, what we call because we talk about more than just movies. Uh, first of which is uh, something that actually dropped a couple days ago. I guess it's kind of in place of our trailer talk because uh, Dave Chappelle, without warning, as he tends to do... Uh, dropped a, I can't, I can't even call it a comedy special. Uh, he dropped a public forum, a filibuster. I don't know what you'd call this, but he dropped a special on Nef- on uh, Netflix as a joke YouTube. Uh, called it 846. It's basically him. It's basically just 30 minutes of him airing out his frustrations. Now, uh, did Russell, did you watch this? Because I know Winston did. I'll go to him in a second. Russell, did you watch Dave Chappelle 846? No, I heard that he dropped it. I didn't get a shot to check it out, though. Okay, so I'll, I'll go to Winston first, because I'm, I'm assuming that you had a chance to check it out, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, so, Multiple times. So so what, what, what did... Uh, you and I can talk about it real quick. So what, what did you think? Um, I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal, and I think it's one of the things that we have uh, kind of known at this point. People have made the argument, I would say so, that he's the greatest comic that we've ever seen, if not on the Mount Rushmore. Oh, absolutely. Um, And the first thing that people should know going into this, this is not funny. Like, it's not, it's really not a comedy special. It's more of a... There is like a joke every, what, eight minutes? Something like that, which by everything that I've ever done in stand-up and any of my mentors... You are kind of going for like a laps per minute type scenario. It's very rare that you would actually um, go that long without a lap and that be okay. But that's not what the purpose of this was. Um, he does have some jokes that I find uh, funny just because it's appropriate for that in the same way that like if, say, a politician was giving a speech, you know, there's a situation where a joke or two might come up and you would laugh at that. Um but this is mainly about what he has seen throughout um, this time period. Uh, and, and he's right on the money with all of it. Um, you know, he, he goes into how Candace Owens is really a sellout, that they're paying her God knows what amount of money to say horrible things. Uh, and he, he goes into that. He goes into, and I didn't even know this, um, 
if you remember around when Alton Sterling and Philando Castillo got killed, there was a, n- a number of different shootings that happened against cops, which was horrible. I do. Uh, but it was by black shooters. They were, they were, some of them were, were uh, former police officers. All of them were former military. And he explained it out in the sense that, because a lot of them had manifestos about how they worked, they were trained at a young age in the military they were taught to deal with uh, dictatorships, oppression, and terrorists. And then they came back and became police officers. And they were watching these departments do this stuff and then on on top of that turn on them. And so he's not justifying what they did, but he's explaining that like they were trained to deal with threats like this. And it only makes sense that the logical next step, if they're seeing that injustice, if they have a mental break, if they snap, that that's what they were seeing. It was just really well thought out. It was so hard to see someone, everybody looks as a hero and icon be in so much pain. Um, and it was just powerful, man. I, I would highly suggest everybody watch it because again, when Dave talks, people listen and, and he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, first of all, I'll just say this. Fuck Candace Owens. Like, honestly. I, I, I Fuck hate, her, dude. I hate that bitch. <laughs> I, I hate that bitch. Um, but, yeah, it's honestly, and like Chappelle does, like, no one no one gets out unscathed in this thing. Like, he attacked this from all angles, which is what he, something he's been very good at consistently throughout his entire career. And, yeah, it is a very powerful eight, eight uh, not, what was I say, uh, 27 minutes around, around there. Uh, I mean, like we said, it's not really, he has a couple of jokes sprinkled in because I think be, this thing would be nearly unrelenting if he didn't. Mm-hmm. It's not his aim material, but something I, I admire is the fact that the, the jokes aren't great, but the fact that he's just like so grounded and serious through all of this, it doesn't. It almost doesn't matter. Like he, he can say anything, and it's guaranteed to make you laugh. But yeah, I admire Chappelle for you know trying to amplify you know, the message of like what people were, what people were trying to say during all this time, and just really. Coming at this in a way that only he could. So if you haven't checked out eight yeah. uh, eight forty six, uh, it's on YouTube. It's it's free. It's only like a half hour. So if you so it's I'm not gonna say it's an easy watch, but it's uh, it's a quick watch. So yeah, uh, yeah, just go go check it out when you get a chance. Uh, so uh, going next to our uh, next story now, uh, Russell. <laughs> Uh, our bad titles continue because we have now had word of a new Evil Dead film. Titled oh, Evil Dead Now. Yeah, I, I hate it too. Presumably followed by Evil Dead Plus, Evil Dead Go, and then Evil Dead Max. Uh, so, <laughs> I see what you did there. So, uh, Russell, you see, are you a big fan of Evil Dead? Because I know I am. I mean, I, I saw, the I think, the first one, I want to say, at the drive-in theater. Because uh, it, it was paired up with... Um, the original 1980 uh, Friday the 13th. And we went, this was a couple years ago for Halloween and uh, we went up there and watched it. I mean, I really wasn't a big fan of the first one. I thought it was kind of boring. I know a lot of people like the second evil dead. A lot of people talk about that as, as being the best out of the series. Um, I did see the remake and I, I thought the remake was a little bit more gorier. I just looked, I guess the, why it has that cult following is just cause it looks so like over the top fake and cheesy. Do you know what I mean? Like when I watched it, um, the remake though, I, I really liked, it was one of the, actually like one of the few remakes that actually I thought was just as good as the original. Um, but no, I, I, that's, that's probably the only one out of the evil dead series I've seen is the first one. 
Okay, now, you see, I, I'll, I'll take this because I'm I'm a huge Evil Dead fan. I, I love the first three films. I think the first one, yeah, the first one's really, it, it's more like a Cabin in the Woods film, which is something that would become yeah. very popular in that genre later. But yeah, Evil Dead 2 is kind of just like, it's kind of like whatever medication Sam Raimi was on, he got off of it, and he just got to make whatever like weird, crazy shit he wanted to make. And that's really Amplified Army of Dark, which is my favorite uh, film in the franchise. And it's talking about Bruce Campbell coming back, which gets me excited. And it's coming from a filmmaker Sam Raimi handpicked himself, so he has faith in this dude. Uh, Wins, I'm not sure how big, like a big horror guy you are, but are you a, bi- are you a big Evil Dead fan? <laughs> I'm, oh, you're I'm not. not. So I've never, I've never seen Evil Dead. Uh, the last horror film I saw was about a week ago, and it wasn't even really a horror film. It's like a, a spoof horror film similar almost to Cabin in the Woods, and that was... Uh, Dale and Tucker versus Evil, oh, which is fucking awesome. hilarious. I love that movie. It's such a good movie. But I, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm a big scaredy cat. I mean, there's a whole story about me like throwing up and peeing myself in a haunted house when I was 10, <laughs> and then getting banned from Not Scary Farm at like 20 because I uppercutted a guy when someone Ooh. told me no one was gonna touch me, and then someone touched me. So I just don't really mess with like the horror stuff. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. That's fine. It's not for everyone. Uh, something that I'm sure is your speed is Superman. Uh, yeah, you're known as uh, you're known as a blurred, a black yeah. nerd. Uh, and uh, you know this comes off the back of news that Henry Cavill is in talks to can't wait to come back as Superman, but not as a Man of Steel sequel, which I know is to ma- this made to a lot of people, because uh, according to recent reports, WB has little faith in a live action Superman. They have little faith that they can succeed in the modern yeah. era. And this is following Man of Steel, which, uh, let me just double check the box office of this. Uh, open to, okay, I'm no, sorry, uh, made $668 million against a $258 million budget. So it made money. It, you could say it made money. So, uh, uh, Winston, do you think that WB is making a mistake in not pursuing a Man of Steel sequel? With Henry Cavill, because I don't know how Russell feels. I want to know. How, I want to get your perspective on this. So here's my issue. Uh, to tr- traditionally speaking, they say that what the Hulk and Superman are like the two people that you can't really make a compelling movie with, uh, mainly because it's like you're you're invincible. You can do everything. Like it's it's hard to tell that story. I think what the real issue is, you have to have the right person helming it. I don't think that the focus ever becomes on with Superman uh, or the Hulk, how hard can you smash something? How hard can you punch it? Like that, that those stories are not compelling to people and it's not something that we're necessarily trying to see right now. But if you go from a standpoint of like, um, like how, how would I describe it? If you go from a standpoint of like for Superman, like his, his, what makes him human like it, it's less about what Superman can do, but what Superman should do. Right. Like, can he hold up to those ideals? If you focus on something like that, you have a much higher chance of um, you have a much higher chance of having like a solid movie. And so I think you just need to put the right person behind the wheel of the film. Like people that jump out in my mind, uh, Christopher Nolan, obviously. Um, did, we already, uh, did we already get Christopher Nolan Superman with Man of Steel? Uh, no, that wasn't that wasn't Christopher Nolan. Remember that Zack no, Snyder. I, I know, but it's it oh. feels very Nolan. Oh, you're saying if it feels no, 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 because there's there's there are subtle differences. Like for example, I'm not saying that you don't maybe you don't necessarily kill Zod, but you don't kill Zod. 
Because that Superman, well, like, well, that's I also he, that's also something he huh? had to be talked into. He he was against the idea at the start, which blows my mind that Zack Snyder convinced Christopher Nolan to do something. That's that's, that's wait, crazy. what are you talking? Wait, 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 say that again. So the next snap for Zod, the Zod's next snap is something he was against initially. He had to be talked yeah. into it. Okay. So it, we live in a world where Christopher Zack Snyder <laughs> convinced Christopher Nolan. To do something. Wait, am I out of my mind? Was Christopher Nolan involved in Man of Steel? He was am a, I crazy? He was a producer. I think. Pro- I think he wrote producer. it. Producer. Oh, I did not realize that. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Okay, that changes a few things for me. But I, I mean, I, the other person I was going to mention as a potential director on it would be uh, Ryan Coogler, actually. Ryan Coogler, I think that's a really good Superman. He he does a really good job of telling very human stories. I mean, we're going to get into that with Fruitville Station, but if you look at every movie that he's directed, I haven't seen as good a character work that he pulls out of his actors than I have from him. And I could say that across the board for Black Panther, for Creed, for for Fruitville Station, like that's what he does is that he he is more than able to have action happen, but you're able to look at somebody, whether you think they're good or bad, and really see the human dilemmas that they're going through. And I, I think that he would be phenomenal helming that. Um, if if that's who was going to take it over, or anybody of that kind of caliber, I think it could be a great movie. I mean, shit. Wonder Woman, for all intents and purposes, is essentially like Superman. Ain't shit beating her, bro. And she's got mad fucking powers, and Patty Jenkins figured that shit out. So there's no way that they can't figure this out. They're, I feel like they're just being a little bit too lazy uh and i don't even like superman let, let me make that very clear i am not a superman fan but i but i acknowledge that it's very possible to do that and a hulk movie i i said this a million times hulk is just a fucking black man dude he's like being persecuted for his shit he is constantly <laughs> angry but he has to check his anger because if he doesn't he might rage out on the wrong person like the hulk is just a misunderstood brother that's all that shit is you know okay uh <laughs> That's that's funny. Uh, yeah, we were saying that on backstage last week. Um, so Russell, <laughs> as the biggest proponent of Make Man of Steel two happen, does this news uh, <laughs> you know put a damper on Henry Cavill coming back, or you know wh- wh- where are you at with all this? I mean, I still think Henry Cavill embodies Clark Kent Superman. I just I don't know. I love Man of Steel. Obviously, I've made that known in the podcast. I just think that he really does embody the character. I thought like. You know, the, it made money. It was it was a success. I don't know, you know, ma- making almost, what, $700 million. I think that's pretty good. Um, I think WB's making a huge mistake here with, with all this. And I, I don't know. Like, WB making you know, huge I, mistakes I, I, with DC properties? No. You're I mean, kidding. Yeah. But shocker, I know. What a coincidence. But um, it's just, I don't know. I, I Just when we hear good news, it's like we take, you know, one step you know forward, two steps back with this. And I always feel like they're just, I don't know. I was excited initially to hear about, you know, the whole Henry Cavill coming back to Superman. I'm like, this is great. Finally going to get a Man of Steel 2. And then we're like, oh, well, we're going to pepper him in. He might be in Shazam 2. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, really? Like, I don't know. I just, I think we need a standalone, another standalone Superman movie. I, I know, I'm being a dead horse with it, but just one of the things that I, I really want. And I think Cavill is the perfect person to lead it. I, I think, you know, he's, he's shown time and time again his dedication to the character. You know, yeah. I I mean, how many times, you know, he's still there through through all of it. You know, most people would have been like, "Fuck this, we're done. I'm 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 done with this. Are, are we are we going? Are we not going?" But he's still there. You know. It, yeah, it is kind of 
I, I do agree with Marshall Dukes to Winston to an extent where, like, I think you need a different filmmaker. I don't think Zack Snyder's a guy to make another man, Superman movie. Oh, no. I, I Like, if we get uh, – totally, you don't need another – you don't need Zack Snyder to helm Man of Steel too. but get somebody else. Like, I completely agree with both of you guys. Uh, just get somebody else in there. But I, think, I, I still think Cavill, like, can reach, you know, his potential with that character given a different direction, I you do, know? I think someone like a Matthew Vaughn – would make a really solid Superman movie because you look at what he did with First Class and like a really like Golden Age feel like that. Not as it has to be Phil Golden Age, but he really understands the roots of these characters. I, I think he he could do a really good job. I think there's a bunch of directors who could make a really good Superman movie. Uh, but yeah, uh, Russell, just keep uh, you know just, just keep walking outside with your with your signpost. <laughs> Man of Steel too. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. It's either we're either gonna get a Man of Steel two or we're gonna get the HBO Max or HBO Max is gonna be on uh, Roku, or which one, one comes of, first? One of the, the one of the two. We'll get one. One of the two got to happen. <laughs> then we'll work on the other. Let's get HBO, yeah. Max, let's get HBO Max on Roku first. Uh, let's do that. <laughs> next, next story we're talking about is uh, one that we've been just preaching for God, I don't know how long. Uh, the Academy will finally insist on using that 10th spot they uh insist put on new rule changes put in uh even more diversity thing which they say every year but who knows if they even follow through with it although parasite did win best picture last year so there's that uh and they are insisting on having 10 best picture nominees every single year which to which to which we say thank what what took you so long like we, we say Seriously? this like every year like you have 10 spots why don't you use them like, yeah, you know? especially if, especially even if the film that you know has no chance in hell winning Best Picture, put it in there anyway. Just you know what I mean. Recognize it as as a as a good film. I'm, I mean, it may not have a shot in hell winning, but still, you want to recognize that you want to get eyes on you know these different films and you know obviously be diverse. It's you know, like, kind of practice what you preach. It's it's like let Endgame get a Best Picture. I mean, we, we know it's not going to win, but let it let it yeah. get a spot. So let it you know let it have that honor. Uh, sure. But yeah, like I, Russell, you know, I've been saying that you know, fi- finally use ten, finally we're gonna use ten spots. But you know, Wes, I'm not sure how big an Oscar guy you are, but do you think that this spot's gonna allow for more, like, uh, you know, like more diverse picks in the future when it comes to Best Picture? I mean, I I certainly hope so. Um, it, it you here's here's the big thing. I don't know if you guys were privy to a lot of the interviews that happen uh, with uh, some of these board members. They were anonymous. They didn't want to come out and say it, but like how they felt Jay, like how when people were saying JLo got snubbed, Adam Sandler got snubbed, like enough, they were like, they're not really Academy material or they're too new. Or oh whatever uh, yeah. Else. We, we, we did talk about that. Yeah. I, I think that this is kind of another one of those situations where, I obviously want to see more opportunities getting that nod. There is something to be said if your film even gets the nomination. Obviously, the win is what you're aiming for, but there's something huge. In the same way that, like, if you make it to, you know, the NFL, that's a big deal. But, like, winning MVP, winning a Super Bowl, those are the things that, like, you're actually aiming for. Um, I think the only thing that makes me a baby bit concerned is then you end up in a situation where they're like, well, if we throw them a nom, that should cover it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. as long as we're just like, well, there you go. Like, here's your bone. Then then they'll kind of feel like they don't have to go through with it. But I, I don't think that there's any harm. I think that by making it 10 in the first place, it's already kind of wacky that there's so many that you're giving the option to. But I think that, that it, it again, there is, the, there is a certain level of prestige as to saying, you know, 
the film got the nomination in the first place. So I don't think it's a bad thing that they're doing this at all. No, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with everything you're saying. And yeah, we do remember that, uh, like Adam Sandler, I was not going to come on when he's fucking excellent. And I got gems. Oh, he, he was, he was unreal. Uh, you know, like uh, he was absolutely unreal. Um, I personally thought as well that JLo and Aquafina both had incredible oh, they're both uh, great. films. And they also were snubbed, which kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But, you know, it is what it is, man. Like, I'm not the one in charge of the Oscars, so. <laughs> if we were, it'd be, a lot, it'd be a lot better, though. I think so. I, I would be, I'd be killing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, next we started talking about is, uh, oh, God, I love this one. Uh, <laughs> uh, Roland Emmerich's Moonfall is riding out his cast was Mr. Patrick Wilson joining the uh, film. Oh, boy. So uh, this movie is about a bunch of astronauts who have to stop the moon from crashing into Earth. Yes, I'm not making this up because Roland Emmerich's had enough of natural disaster trying to kill us. Now we have unnatural disaster trying to kill us. Uh, he joins a cast that includes, I couldn't make this up if I wanted to, Halle Berry and Josh Gad. So, Winston, you excited to see Patrick Wilson fight the moon? Oh I God. mean, look, as, as someone whose favorite Zelda game was Majora's Mask, yes, yes, I am. I am very excited to see, uh, like, uh, the moon getting fought, bro. Like, the only thing that could do it, there, and they're going to realize this, is time. You got you to gotta master time and space, and then you can summon some giant titans to come and hold the moon and throw <laughs> it back up into space for you, and you're good. That's all you got to do. Like, I already, that, I'm going to tell you right now, that's how the movie ends. I'm going to tell you right now, that's exactly how the movie ends. They summon the, so. ti- they summon the Titans to come. To... Summon the Titans to come and help your ass out. That's that's all that <laughs> shit is. <laughs> okay, maybe. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Russell, I'm going to throw this at you. We have Ocean Master. Yeah. We have Catwoman. We have Olaf from Frozen. And the oh. boy who got his ear cut off and all the money in the world. Fighting the moon. Is this your most anticipated movie of 2021? I'm probably gonna say no on this one. Uh, this this feels like a reverse Armageddon, an Armageddon, or something like I, I don't know, man. This is this is crazy. Are they gonna meet Harry Stamper and crew? Like yeah. uh, this is like the best of both worlds gonna collide here, literally. Is Aerosmith um, doing? Is Aerosmith doing the soundtrack for this one too? Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Patrick Wilson will do anything. I, I'm I'm led to believe that I think he'll literally do anything. I, I mean, I, I don't I'm, know. Assu- I'm assuming he took this because his agent wanted to find something stupid. Like he's like, okay. We're gonna find something dumber than that Liam Neeson fight the fight the train movie, for you to be in. I mean, that was a great movie. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Why do you think we do this? Why do you think we do this? And Josh Gad in there too. Oh, Halle Berry. Poor Halle. Poor Halle. I, uh, poor Halle. Yeah, poor Halle. I don't know. I, I, poor Hallie, nothing, man. She is a, she's an autonomous woman that's made millions of dollars. She can a thousand percent choose what role she wants, oh, and she oh, chose sure. this one. She chose this. She ch- <laughs> oh, for, for some sure. reason, she's, chose this. She's been, yeah, she's been there, done that for sure. But like, uh, really, like this? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like you better cast me in John Wick Four after this. You need Gerard Butler in there too. I yeah, think where, where, where is about. where is Jerry B in all of this? You gotta get him in there, man. He's he will absolutely do that. Oh, he oh he'd hundred percent do this for sure. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm absolutely gonna see it because I want to see how big of a shit show it is. I'm absolutely gonna be there opening night to see it, though. Absolutely. Uh, right, yeah. I want to double feature this with uh, the the satellites make the natural disaster trying to kill us. What what, what was it? Uh, Geostorm. Ge- Geostorm. <laughs> Done by yeah, uh, that, was, that. That was a. Uh... 
That was uh, that was something done, <laughs> done, done by that Emmerich's homie something. Dean Devlin. Oh boy. Uh, next story we're talking about right now is uh, okay. Well, this isn't really. This, this was rumored, then it was debunked. But we're going to talk about it for a little bit. It was rumored that Beyonce was going to have involvement with Black Panther two, whether it was uh, w- whether it was uh, a role in the movie or just on the soundtrack. People speculated that it was in the movie. This was later debunked. But you know, let's just uh, you know, let's just talk. Let's just talk about it like it's true for a second. Uh, Winston, uh, as someone like me who is a massive Black Panther fan, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discriminating. I'm sure Russell is too, uh, but. Uh, what would you want to see Beyonce have a role in Black Panther two? I would have no issue with Beyonce help like helming the the soundtrack. Though to be honest with you, uh, like the the combination of Kendrick and Ludwig was phenomenal. Ludwig like killed it on the on the scoring. Uh, Kendrick killed it on the soundtrack. So if you want to keep in that in that uh, realm where Beyonce maybe takes Kendrick's spot and is bringing a different kind of element to it, though there is something to be said about the more hip hop side of it than the, I mean, I mean, Beyonce has a hip hop element to her for sure, uh, but you know she's obviously a little bit more about like R and B and and pop a little bit, um, mind you, like uh, uh, like black pop and stuff like that. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, what I don't want to see, and I'll be honest with you, I think that Beyonce is one of the greatest entertainers of this generation and of all time. I think that personally, she is a terrible actress. So what she was initially tied to was Storm. to play Storm. Yeah. And there are two issues with that. The first being people have been clamoring for uh, uh, a, a darker skinned actress to play Storm. It's something that they've been asking, a lot of fans have been asking for for a long time. And the other thing is, I don't want someone coming in just because they're a name to play a character. Like what made Black Panther so great was that you brought in actors and actresses, both of fame and without, that gave phenomenal performances across the board. When the weakest performance in a movie is is uh, Forrest Whitaker and he did a good job, like that's saying a lot. That's that's a that's an Oscar winner who it, who I personally believe just he just didn't have as much to work with. You know what I'm he saying? Did. Like he just he had, had a smaller. He had, he had a few scenes, but his his scenes were all were all standout. They were all really good. No, exactly. But and that's what I'm saying. I'm not even calling his performance a bad one. I'm just saying that like relatively speaking that he was the the, the he, weakest because like he, winston duke like amazing he, perf- he perfected um, he perfected his routine from rogue one is what he did in that yeah movie. yes yes exactly <laughs> he, he brought his rogue one he brought his rogue <laughs> one back so like I, that's that's my issue what what made black panther so great is it wasn't just because it was for the culture it was that the performances across the board were phenomenal and i I just do not like personally Beyonce as an actress. I think that she is okay at best. Now, again, before the Beehive tries to come for me, I don't know how many Beehive fans listen to your show. I have no idea uh, either. I, I still think that she is one of the greatest entertainers of all time. I would just say if you're taking, you know, dancing, music writing, singing ability, like being a presence and acting, acting is by far her lowest of her talents. Agreed. Um, that that's just know, my yeah. personal opinion. No, no, I I would agree with you. I don't think she's like a. I don't think she's like a mega talented actress. I think she. I think she's. I think her best work is Dreamgirls, and she's good and she's good in that. She gets blown out of the water by every other actor in that movie. It's the same. That's exactly. That's the exact same thing. Is that she is she's great, uh, in that movie, but she's. It's it's not it's not a. She personally is great for her. 
I can actually think of a number of people that may have played that role a little bit better than her, honestly. Uh, not the singing part, but then even then, Jennifer Hudson kind of outsang the shit out of her. So, like, you know what I mean? Kinda, like, yeah. it's just all relative. Well, she, she didn't get the opportunity to just sing all sing all the notes like she did in right. The Lion King. Right, 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 right. Uh, you, you know, I, I, I feel bad for Putin Young because I think she would have really killed it as Storm. In one of these movies, but you know they didn't have the rights, and they'd be like, "Oh, Boots and Young's a great actor. We want to get in this movie." But uh, yeah, uh, you know, poor, poor, poor her. But no, well, not poor her because she's still working. She's still great in the first Black Panther. It, it would kind of suck to bring in Storm in this one because just like, oh, yeah, a big love story with Nakia. Oh, what's that? She can shoot lightning. Bye. What? Get out of here, Nakia. I have a new love. <laughs> uh, but, but you can still but you can still put Beyonce on the soundtrack, kind of what Winston was hitting to. Like, what better person to put in the soundtrack? Put Jay-Z in there, then. He's more hip-hop. You know what I mean? He's tailored more toward the sound of the you know Black Panther soundtrack. You know what I mean? I think, I think Jay-Z could be good and then just kind of have like a Jay-Z and Beyonce, maybe like a featuring Beyonce type thing where she just okay. doesn't have to okay, share. Okay, Jabari, you know I mean? now let's get information. <laughs> But you know what I mean. What I'm saying is, like, I think you know, I don't, I don't think Beyonce's music yeah. is more pop. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely you. agree with that. But I'm saying if you put in Jay Z, kind of just have Beyonce sing like back, like you know what I mean, just a little bit of it. But that I mean, way you don't have to. What's that? Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, no, no. You, no, but what I'm saying is, just kind of have her like in the background singing or, or something like that, where you can make it more hip hop, and you don't have to rely on. You know, is, is she going to sound too popish or like bubblegum, you know, well, bubble she doesn't. Rap, well, rap that, that's, pop, a, you know? that's the that's the only thing. She doesn't go full bubblegum. Yeah. Like, I, I'll, I'll be clear yeah. with that in the sense that, like, in her last few albums. And this is where I think she would be perfect with yeah. the soundtrack. If you say her and Jay work at it as, as like a duo, they both EP and lead the project. Like, yeah. literally, I can imagine Beyonce writing a number of songs, like when the Dorma Logic go the fuck off and start fucking yeah. shit up, I can a thousand percent her doing a yeah. formation type song about these badass bitches. Like, just get it, this Wakanda motherfucker. Like, I can yeah. see her, um, you know, doing that. Uh, and I think that that would actually be, I think that that would actually be a really strong, um, a really strong uh, cross project. You know what I'm saying? Where Jay Z, every yeah. time like T'Challa's out there doing something, it's a Jay-Z yeah. track. And then every time, like, Shuri and Okoye out here kicking ass, then, like, here yeah. comes Beyond. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah. it could be a nice yeah. balance. What was their album that they made together after after Lemonade? I can't remember what it was called. But it became uh, uh, Oh, oh, oh I, know what you, I know what you're talking about. It had yeah. the song uh, uh, Ape Shit on it. Yeah, um, it, it, yeah the old oh, Ape Shit. Yeah. The Carters, I believe, is yeah, the Yeah, I, 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 I think you're right. A, I think yeah. you're right. We kind of like the Carters, but with Black Panther. Actually, we're kind of down for that. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, uh, Marvel, Kevin Feige, you're not listening to us. But if you are, keep Beyonce <laughs> out of the movie and keep her in the recording booth. That sounds very wrong. You're, you're, let her work in the recording booth <laughs> and do not let her work in the movie. For sure. Uh, next story we're talking about is uh, something well, not along some lines, but something yeah, also involving Disney. There have been a lot of fan petitions and uh, you know, call to action for Disney to change Splash Mountain. Uh, in case you didn't know, it's based on uh, Song of the South, the movie that Disney would love for us to pretend never existed. <laughs> they try it real hard. They try it real hard. Uh, but, yeah, it's one of the most popular tracks. They're trying to get petitioned in the change it to The Princess and the Frog. So, um, 
you know, I, I'll go first on this one because I'm I I love Disneyland. Uh, it was one of my favorite places on the planet. I go there every time, and I always have a ton of fun. Uh, now with uh, Splash Mountain, <laughs> it's always a weird thing to go on that one because it's always it's not the racial sensitivity ride because un- Uncle Uncle Remus is nowhere on that thing. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's not it, it's it's like a Disney staple. But you know, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it to change. I just I don't know. It, lo- it would lose something for me. Just if, if they changed one of them, I think it'd be cool. But I won't change both. Um, you know, Russell, I'm not sure how big it. I think didn't you go to Disneyland uh, recently? Yeah, I've I've been on Splash Mountain. Yeah, I've been on Splash Mountain. Yeah. So would you, would you want to see them change it from? Uh, would you want to see them change it from Song of the South, Princess and the Frog? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed. to Kind of just what you said. I mean, if it really offends like a lot of people, then yeah, I could see that where they're going to be like, you know, well, we'll just go with Princess and the Frog. I mean, either like to me, it's you know. I guess it's one of those, you know, subjects where it's like, you know, I don't know what they're going to do is the thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I feel like they're screwed either way because you're going to get backlash either way. If you if you change it, you're going to get shit. If you don't change it, you're going to get shit. So I feel like they're kind of like at a like a catch 22 with that. I know, but yeah, yeah no, I completely, completely would not care if they changed it. Yeah. Uh, what, what, so what, what would you say about them shifting? I don't know how big a Disneyland guy you are either. I'm learning a lot about you today. I mean, no, no, you no, you. I mean my whole thing is essentially if you're going to uh, like everything else that they're doing, I mean, just keep the same energy. So like if you really are on this tip of of like kind of getting rid of stuff like that, if you really want to erase Song of the South, I mean, you might as well. Like who is who is it hurting? Um it's not like people are going on like Splash Mountain is like, that's the one thing that should never be changed. Like, come on now. It's, fu- it's fucking Splash Mountain. So like, I don't have um, a problem with them wanting to do that if that's if that's what they're thinking. Um, I think that it would be kind of interesting actually, because uh, I think that that's a that's a really that's a really like. Um, interesting choice, I guess. You know what I mean? Um, so so yeah, I would I would be I would be for it. I would I'd be down if they want to change that. It'd also be nice since uh, Disney's Tiana's movie didn't do very well. But hey, you know what? You, maybe your movie didn't do so hot, but you're gonna get your ride at Disneyland. Yay, good quality. <laughs> I mean, look, man, she the she the the first the first black princess. So you know why not? Like it'd be dope. Like it'd be dope for her to have a ride. Yeah. Is there is there a, uh, that's a good question. Is there like a tangled ride yet? There is no I'm, tangled I'm ride. Curious. There is no tangled. There ride. is. There is not. Okay. Okay. I, f- yeah, yeah. I don't really go to Disneyland. I'm. I'm not a. I'm, I'm not a. See, I, I just keep. I keep outing myself. It sounds like I'm just like the most unfun person ever. I also don't do <laughs> roller coasters because I had one break on me at ten in the Ooh. middle of a loop, Ooh. and I was like, I was on it, and it was just. It stopped, and I was like, <gasps> and I passed out, and then I woke up, and I was still hanging upside down, like, <laughs> like I was woke up on it. <laughs> So we can't take Winston. We can't, can't take Winston to uh, amusement park during yeah, Halloween season. We, we can't. Yeah, absolutely yeah. not. That's my worst nightmare. <laughs> we, we can't. We can't take. Uh, we can't take Winston on the Toys by Chance company outing. It's like so. We're, we're going to do Six Flags this year. Jeez. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, I get. I get it, man. But hey, I love that for our listeners. Winston is a very fun person, <laughs> despite what he's saying to you today. <laughs> uh. So yeah, uh, next we're talking about uh, this is some video game news that we don't we just we don't we usually touch on, but unless something really really big, and this is something really big, uh, Sony has unveiled the PS5. Uh, it's got it's got a big change. It went from went from black to white. We call it the Jack the Jackson syndrome over here, and uh, one well. of their big <laughs> <laughs> one of their oh, big uh, title unveilings 
was a Spider-Man PS4 spinoff entitled Spider-Man Miles Morales. It's going to be a game focusing on him. It's not really a sequel to that game, though. It's going to be its own thing. It's going to be like kind of like a standalone, like separate adventure. Uh, so, uh, Winston, are you are you prepared to take out a bank loan to play <laughs> to play the PS5 uh, when it that, assumingly that, launches this fall? Well, and that's that's my issue. Is I was uh, th- like I saw Miles Morales, and I was like, all right, fine, Sony, you finally got me. Like I've been bitching this whole generation about how I missed Spider Man, how I missed Final Fantasy VII remake. I've been trying to figure out how to get a PlayStation Four. Um, and then I saw this and I was like, fuck, you guys got me. All right, I'm over. And then they were like, oh, and it'll cost you your left kidney and your firstborn. And I was like, oh, go fuck now, yourself. Now, I, I will say they have not officially revealed the price. It's just been a lot of speculation. Like, the, no official price has come from Sony directly. I mean, and they said what? It was 700? They said it was going to be almost eight by by the time you hit tax, roughly about eight fifty. So like, but I, I think that that's just that's just industry speculation though. Like Sony's not come out and said like, oh, here's what the original PS5 is going to cost. But that that's reasonable. I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say it's unreasonable because that is very reasonable to assume. I mean, and that's that's my only issue is that like if if what we're talking here is that like that that is ultimately just speculation. I'll you know I'll back off a little bit, but like that's. I can't sacrifice like three quarters of rent to get a fucking PlayStation. Like it would literally come down to if we ended up getting another stimulus check. And at that point I was like making money again. So I could just be like, "Eh, I don't really need this right now. So fine. Cause like then, then people are only buying this shit on black. Like there are going to be some people that don't care and they'll do it anyway. But then otherwise you're only getting people that wait till black Friday, the following year till, till the the price drops some, it just doesn't seem like a good plan. But you know, I'm not. It's not. I'm not in charge of it, so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, look, we never accuse Sony of making smart, smart decisions. Usually with movie, but I get sucked some dumb shit with video games. Um, so uh, Russell, are you, are you gonna sell your kidney to get a PS5? Uh, probably not. I've been out of the gaming. I, you know what? I think since you know, obviously, I met my wife and we had a kid. I think that's when I got out of gaming. Um, I think Xbox 360 was the last. Uh, console i had I, I i we were obsessed with halo played it constantly um Hell i think yeah. that's kind of that's kind of why i was like i loved halo 3 loved halo reach and then the, the halo started to suck after that <laughs> um when 343 took over bungie um but outside of that um yeah i just i wouldn't i wouldn't mind playing madden and stuff like that online it's just the fact that yeah you're gonna spend six seven eight hundred dollars on a on a uh, on a console that's just crazy man i miss the days of like 300 bucks i think it gets you uh, yeah. a console when they first came out i like like n64 i remember when yeah. dreamcast first came out um even playstation 2 which i played the shit out of playstation 2 because it was so uh and it's still i think one of the best-selling uh consoles i th- if i'm not mistaken um uh, it is but actually. playstation it is yeah playstation 2 was just so diverse in the fact that you could you could backtrack and play playstation 1 games along with that i don't know what the Play, I, I've, I've been out of the PlayStation loop since PlayStation 2, so I don't even know if you have a PlayStation 5. Can you play all the PlayStation games, or is it's, it only just it's certain supposed ones? To be, it's supposed to be backward compatible for certain titles, yeah. so probably like your first, see, party, that, your first party titles see, would be backward compatible. See, that's, the thing that's, that, that's the thing that sucks. It's like, they should just make it backward compatible for all of them. You know what I mean? Instead of like, 
because then you lose. I mean, like games that you that you like necessarily don't transfer over to the backward compatibility. Well, I, I, I think right. like a, a, what, I think a big problem with that is like a lot of games don't tran wouldn't transfer very well. I'll, with the uh, with the uh, different uh, with different software uh, resolution and stuff like that. Yeah, I think yeah, I think yeah, like yeah. it would translate makes, very well. I think there's I like li- there's like licensing issues. Like I think like any first party title should be backwards compatible between consoles. If if uh, Xbox yeah. puts another system out with with uh, Halo, that may that may may be my jumping point. Kind of <laughs> what Winston said with uh, uh, Spider Man with PS5. I think uh, Halo mm-hmm. just we just have so much fun as a group playing it all the time Same. it was our call of duty you know what i mean it was just like we just love it and call of duty we played too um but uh it's just oh, halo was just so much fun and um i totally would be on board if, if xbox comes out with a new xbox console that uh, features uh halo i think i'll jump on that uh, you, you, were, you were saying winston no i mean i agree i had a, I had a lot of fun with halo myself and i i think where xbox is running into trouble their exclusives are not are not holding up to the exclusives over uh, on Sony. Like every every title that we've been talking about that's been a single console has all been Sony in the last two, three years. Because um, like you said, when 343 took over Halo, it's just kind of been a downhill slope from there for that, for that franchise. So I, I do think that Sony has the edge here. Pricing will have a large put. Like I think that that's the only way that Xbox potentially wins this if they don't come with the titles if they can undercut them on the price i just already see considering we are now in another full-blown recession i see a bunch of parents being like well all right i'll you you want to play madden call of duty you can do that shit on xbox here it only set mommy and daddy back 450 versus 800 you know what i'm saying like i can get you the system and a couple games and an extra controller to play with your friend versus I got the system. Now look at it. You know what I'm saying? Isn't it pretty? And when we save up enough money, we can buy your sister back because we we because <laughs> we pawned your sister. <laughs> we pawned your sister. Uh, <laughs> but you know, all all, the, all this is you know all doesn't matter because when the Turbo Graphic 16 or the Turbo Graphic 32 comes out, that's going to be the one to take over the video game. This is, I did, I miss, did I make reference even you guys didn't get wow that's amazing. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, you missed you missed me with that well, one. My yeah, that, that, that's like an that's like an ancient console. Yeah, look look at the TurboGrafx-16 if you want to feel really bad about a video game company. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for the PS5. I'm excited to see Miles Morales get get his own game because like it's a big thing at the end of Spider-Man PS4 that he get, he gets his own Spider-Man powers. And now it's gonna be like him exploring his own thing, and like, he's had a dynamite couple years between uh, you know sixteen, having a big part in the first Spider-Man game, having a hit movie in twenty eighteen, getting a sequel in twenty twenty two, and now yeah, a- every two years Miles Morales has something really good happen to him. <laughs> he's the anti Peter yeah. Parker. Oh yeah, I'm, I mean I'm I'm pu- I'm always pulling for him, man. I think he's he is uh, absolutely uh, like a phenomenal character. You know what I mean? Like so, I I love to see him out here like getting all the shine. So you know, glad to see he's getting the game. That's huge. All right, uh, and the last story we're talking about, we have some release date shifts uh, for some movies recently. Uh, first of which is uh, you know we talk about a lot about how Christopher Nolan's he's standing he's standing strong, standing tall. He's like we ain't fucking moving. We ain't fucking moving. See, we're was like him and Corona were playing a big game of chicken, just to see who was gonna move first, and. <laughs> No, last second. No, it swerved because <laughs> Tenet now moves to uh, July 31st. 
Ah, no, you're such a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're not the biggest Christopher Nolan fan, sir. <laughs> you know, okay, I ha- I like, I really love some of his early work. Everything since Dark Knight Rises, though, I think has not been very good. <laughs> Like, what I, I think I, th- I think Dark Knight Rises doesn't hold to repeat viewings. I think Interstellar is fucking terrible. And, I th- and what? Yeah, Ru- Russell and I are in agreement that Dunkirk was the most overrated movie of twenty. I never saw it. I, I wasn't. Oh. I, I, I'm not a period piece guy, so I didn't even see it. Interesting. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm surprised. Are you are you Interstellar guy? Oh, I love Interstellar. Really? I I, do I think it's a, like the greatest movie of all time? No, but I I, I think Interstellar is a great film. I, I really enjoy it. I mean, I know it has fans. I, I think that film. I think that film was pretty crap. But talk about Nolan again in a second. Uh, in addition to that, One Roman eighty four has moved from August twenty first to October second. Bill and Ted Face the Music has actually moved up a week from August twenty first to August fourteenth. Kong vs. Godzilla has moved straight up six months from November 20th, 2020 to uh, May 22nd, 2021. Uh, Robert Zemeckis' The Witches is now undated. Uh, and actually, that's it for the major coverage. But, uh, Russell, uh, I, guess, uh, I, I guess Nolan couldn't catch Titanic after all because he, <laughs> he swerved the very last second. But he's 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 like you know what I'm, I'm gonna spite do this. We're still doing this in July. <laughs> still doing it Thankfully, July. July has 31 days. <laughs> he'd, have, he'd have been screwed if this was February. No, no, Shit. You, you know what? Shit. No, you know what? If if it didn't if it didn't have 31 days, he'd make a 31st day. That's how committed uh, he, he was to opening in he July. He would petition. Yeah, he would petition for July to have 32 days. He would. <laughs> he's Jesus. like, I need a, I got to release this in July. Uh, it's got to happen. So. July or nothing. goddammit. it. It's got it's got to happen. July. July thirty second. Who's with me? Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's sti- so yeah, that's still looking to be one of the first major movies coming out. One Roman I want to talk in particular because uh, that has moved from August, which it, it uh, one month it had relatively to itself. It's now moving to uh, October, to which it's not going to be with a bunch of horror movies, and a couple month, couple weeks after, it's going to be dealing with Black Widow. So. Uh, Winston, do you think that Wonder Woman's how do you think Wonder Woman's gonna fare in this busy month of October 2020? I mean, I'm very curious uh, as to if they really did any um, major reshoots or anything because I still stand by the fact that they should have never moved from their original spot. They did it be supposedly they did it just because they wanted to. Um, oh, that's right. The original spot was like in November of last year, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. They were like, well, this is more appropriate. It's a summer blockbuster, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not saying that you could have guessed COVID would happen. Like, nobody saw that shit coming. But, like, I, it's one of those things, ironically, I'm like, man, if you had just stuck where you were, you made a major money and been out this mother by now. But I, I still think, based off the trailer and trusting Patty Jenkins, I still think that it's going to be uh, a phenomenal movie and it'll hold its own. Um, I'm curious as to which movie ends up being better, it or Black Widow. Um, but it, yeah, this is this is just unfortunate, man. Like uh, they 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 keep running into trouble, and I have faith that it'll be a good movie. But damn, like it's the last thing you need, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, we, we we excuse this because not like New Mutants where it's like castle shit shifting it just because just because right. no one wants to <laughs> no one wants to watch it. But uh, right. yeah, it's now opening opposite uh, without remorse the Michael B. Jordan military movie. So I know what I'm seeing second. 
Wonder Woman 84. Nah. But <laughs> uh, uh, Russell, do you think uh, Wonder Woman will fare well in October as opposed to as yeah. it would in August? Yeah, I still think it will just because of the fact. I mean, everybody loves, you know, Patty Jenkins did a great job with the first one. I think this one, it really is going. I mean, Gal Gadot shows she could be a leading actress in, in, a, in a superhero film. So I think, I don't think October really hurts it. I think it's still going to get the the money that it would. And it also gives time for like this whole post COVID life to get back to semi, you know, semi sense of normal in quotations. You know what I mean? Um, maybe they can, um, you know, figure out uh, with, you know, with seating and stuff like that, because that's the other thing we were talking about before you have other things. If, if uh, theaters are only opening at 25, 50% capacity, you're losing ticket sales unless you straight up kind of how you and I talked about it before, have the whole entire theater, just play that one movie stagger your times you know what i mean um i don't know i I think october is a good choice for it though because not a lot of you know competition like you know at comic book wise until november and i think what also bond 25 got bumped up didn't it got bumped up uh, up a few days yeah so like i I don't know before that you know because you obviously are gonna have black widow and you're gonna have bond 25 taking over box office in november um but yeah i think october is a good move i think i I still think it's going to make decent money i don't know it's going to be really, you know, interesting to see how this, you know, life post coronavirus is going to happen in the theater. How that's going to translate to the theater and to the box office results, you know? Yeah, for sure. And uh, talking about uh, Godzilla, which had the most drastic shift, moving from November all the way to May of next year. Uh, here's here's some things that are opening. It are op- it's opening against in that month. Uh, Shang Chi: Legend of the Ten Ring, which is opening May seventh. Uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw, praise. Uh, Cruella and <laughs> Anton Fuqua's Infinite. So you know, how do you how do we think that it's gonna? Will that give more time to generate the hype machine? Is that gonna is that gonna help the movie do better? Think it'll do well against this competition as opposed to what it would have had in November of this year? Uh, you know, once what do you, what do you think? Do you think the move from November to May of next year is smart for Godzilla vs Kong? I mean, I feel like we're in a weird situation before where you really don't have a choice at this point. You you have to like their studios are very wise in that they get to see this calendar ahead of time and they make decisions. And unless they have zero choice, they intentionally stagger that shit to the side. I don't think you have a choice right now, because like while in theory, this movie sounds incredible, you've had such struggles getting like real money behind the king of monsters and everything else people just weren't really feeling it that if you want to like maintain this you don't really have a choice man and so i think that that was wise of them to back up some right yeah and yeah maybe maybe uh, maybe you need to tweak it a little bit <laughs> you, you have the time now mm-hmm. yeah yeah so uh there's that uh so yeah uh we been a while since we had a covid delay so this is actually you know a nice little walk to memory lane <laughs> talking about a movie not coming out because of the virus Mm-hmm. But that's going to do it for our news story, which means we now move on to, uh, I guess, the main event of the show, at least for the viewers. This is our review of the week for Fruitvale Station. Like we said, this is talking about, we decided to talk tackle a racial injustice movie, and we got this one. Uh, and this, was, this came out in 2013. It was the theatrical debut of Ryan Coogler. And there's a reason this guy caught fire the way he did after this came out and there's a whole lot there's surprisingly a whole lot to unpack with this one so 
Uh, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna waste time. This is Fruitvale Station. So, right off the bat, the movie starts off. It it, it it starts off heavy because it starts off with like actual footage from the Oscar Grant shooting, which really like which like really catches you off guard and like. I like the Coolers like being like really in your face about it because like you think about it, you're going into a movie theater like it's not like you're seeing it on Facebook where you like scroll past it. like you go into a movie theater, and this is like the very first thing you see, like there's nowhere to run, there's nowhere to hide. He's like making you, he's like you're gonna sit and you're gonna watch this, and I think it's in a way it's kind of like the dogs agree, the, in a way in a way sure. the dog. In, <laughs> I lost my thought. Oh, uh, this dog. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of like him <laughs> teeing up. This is like okay, you see you see the events. Now you're gonna see the story behind this, and you're gonna understand. You're, you're gonna understand why this. You're gonna understand like why this is such a wrongdoing. In that case, you, you, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, and, and they put you right in there. Like it, like it doesn't waste any time throwing you right into it. This is the you know actual footage of what happened. Now we're gonna now we're gonna take you back, and this is all the stuff leading up to the horrific events. So I think Kugler does shoot this well enough to get you to you know wonder, okay, wow, this is like really balls of the wall way to to start a film. You know what I mean? Really hit the ground running with this. Yeah, uh, and we we then go to meet our main character or our main actor, Oscar Grant, played by Michael B. Jordan, who I think is, I think he is stellar in this film, like. He had success on shows like you know, he was on The Wire for the first season. He was great in that. Uh, he was great on the last two seasons, two seasons of Friday Night Lights and Parenthood. But this was him. This is like his first real like foray into leading a major movie, and to like where him coming out is like, hey, I can be like a big movie actor as well. And for like his first like big attempt at that, I think he fucking nails it. Like I think he. Brings a lot of nuance to his performance. I think that he really portray p- paints a sympathetic light into a character like this, and the chops he shows during this role. He, he honestly sometimes he he shows off the chops like a young Denzel Washington. I agree. Yeah. 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 What's that? What, what, do you, what do you think about Michael B. Jordan in this movie? I, I mean, to me, it's this movie is the reason that Michael B. Jordan is the name that we know him to be whether or not people whether or not people saw it because uh, i know it was a smaller film it like went the sundance route all that kind of stuff it is this is the move that, in the same way that this movie made ryan coogler this movie made michael b jordan because he went from this is what like tyler kitsch was hoping would happen doing uh john carter from mars that he goes that he goes from like a t like a, a solid TV actor also Friday Night Lights ironically Lights, yeah and in, into becoming into the foyer into being like but that's the only problem is that you know he went with a big budget movie that people were hardcore looking forward to and watching out for and it just was not executed well uh, this is what happens when a movie uh, and then obviously it's on the smaller side of stuff but this is um, when a movie and you are trying to build that up does go well um michael b jordan here completely transforms he's he you lose uh him as a person into who oscar is and i i you know we can we can get more into ryan's direction later but i just think that if you want to talk i think what makes this movie so powerful is the fact that 
Oscar Grant was not a saint. Was he was human as fuck. Yeah. And like he he yeah. he had his issues with the law. He had his issue, but he was a human being. And so you get to see that no matter what the fuck he did, he did not deserve to have that happen to him like that. Especially from the standpoint of like this is a guy that was trying to turn his life around. This is a guy yeah. that was trying to be more than what he ultimately uh, was portrayed as with his with his record and everything like that. Like he is a human, like all of us. And yeah, and, and I will say, like to build on that point, like he, of him not being a saint, I think that kind of goes to benefit the events of the film because it helps us identify with him more as a human. Like you, you could have easily just portrayed him as like, oh, this is a guy who was great and he did nothing wrong. But I think the yeah. fact that we that we do see that he made mistakes and he did do wrong things time to time. It makes it more powerful. Like a person I draw is, I don't know if you remember that movie, Brid- Bridget Terabithia, with those two kids in the forest where they made where they made things up. Uh, and like, and then maybe one of those kids dies. But I think it's like lesson because they portray like these like angelic memories of what childhood of what of what childhood is, and what childhood can be. Mm-hmm. Whereas you look at something like, like I always say, like imagine that. Now imagine if one of if like in the Sandlot or To Kill a Mockingbird one of the kids died. Like, you would feel yeah. that more because they felt more like real people. And I think it's the same yeah. case here. Like, because Oscar Grant feels like such a real person and his Michael Jordan performance is just so naturalistic, I think that it when, thing, when bad things happen to him later in the movie, I think that you feel that more. And yeah. Yeah, that's credit well, to... Good? He's more tangible as a character, you know what I mean? Like, you, we all you know, we all stumble and fall, you know what I mean? We all have our, you know, we've all done bad things. I mean, we've all messed up, you know, that's the whole point of life though. you learn from your mistakes, you pick up and you try to move on and try to better yourself as a person. And then that's what Oscar Grant was trying to do in this film Uh, throughout the whole entire film. You see, he's trying to leave his old life behind. And I think that's why it's so powerful because of the fact that he's on this road to redemption, trying to get his things straight. You know what I mean? Because you got to understand this kid's only in his twenties. You know, this kid has responsibilities like that I didn't have until I was in my 30s having a child, having to support somebody else other than myself. And this kid's 10 years my, you know, younger. And this kid's trying to wrestle with all this other stuff going on. So to me, you know, how Michael B. Jordan really portrays Oscar Grant, I think is just it's so natural. Uh, Nothing ever feels forced. Jordan's just a natural on the screen. And I think that... um, like I said, when he's like he's 22 years old and he's wrestling with all this stuff. So I, to me, I even put myself in that situation when I'm watching this film. I'm like, couldn't even imagine, like straight out of like buying my first beer and hair. Like even during that, he, he's already caring for a child. It's right. it's completely crazy. So yeah, for sure, that's that's where I kind of uh, took took with this film. You know, what I mean, I just kind of try to put myself in that in the shoes of that. But yeah. Yeah, Very powerful, though, for sure. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, and to me, it's why when people are asking in this particular time, what can I watch that portrays what is being protested for, what people are, are, are talking about? The reason why this movie, more so than a lot of the other ones, though, though The Hate You Give is phenomenal, too. Um, the reason why I think this matters to me is because, again, anytime we see a black person getting killed uh, by the cops... Or getting killed, like you know, by like a George Zimmerman or anything like that. The first thing that a lot of times mainstream media likes to go to is, well, here's this photo. Like they take the the worst photo of you ever, 
And they're like, well, yeah. he did sell weed this one time. And there was this one time he, you know, he got a DUI and things like that. But again, you look at the fact that like, we are not made up of our one particular moment. And yet people no. love to try and, and, and paint that picture by showing us that Oscar Grant, again, went through some shit, but he is doing everything he can to be a better person. He did not deserve to go out like that because even in that situation, he had he had made the decision. He was leaving that life behind. He was doing right by his baby mama. He was doing right by his daughter. And because of that past bullshit, some dude put like attacking him on the train from when he was in jail. That set off a chain of events that took his life from him, which is this is insane. Which is why I feel like this is such a powerful movie uh, for everything that it's doing. Yeah. My my thing is too, and I don't know if you guys got this. Him being late was his downfall again. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you look at it, he lost his job because he was late. Okay, he was supposed to arrive with his friends earlier. He was being late. Remember, they catch the they catch the ball dropping on the actual train. Mm-hmm. Had he gotten there earlier, I wonder if you would have even had that problem and even had that guy even run into well, that guy. Well, I, mean? I, I think I think that it it doesn't click in as much because if I remember correctly, they yeah. do they are late and they do the ball dropping on the train, but they get off and yeah. they're downtown. Yeah, they're, it's like two something in the morning when this happens because okay. then they get yeah, back. Yeah, on no, the train. I know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, it was more it was more from the standpoint because uh, and this is what this is exactly why Octavia Spencer won her Oscar uh, earlier on in her career. You look at the fact that like the mom talks about like why don't you take bart you guys are going to be drinking all that stuff and then her breakdown after the death being like i told him to take the train i wanted him to be safe like i didn't know they were going to kill my baby like this is this is insane like if he had just driven he would have been fine like and that's the the shitty thing that anybody that's in that kind of ptsd mentality starts doing you start second guessing like even though it had nothing to do with what you did you start re-guessing all that shit like where it's like you know um I'm trying to think of another uh, uh, another example um, off the top of my head. I'm just a little tired. Uh, oh, well, with, like, Philando, there was even talks about, like, well, shit, like, had he, should he just not have disclosed that he had a gun? Like, even though it was legal, should he have just, like, kept that to himself and run that risk? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's it, it's bullshit because you shouldn't have to lean on that. You should be, like, yeah. he was killed for no reason. But yeah. then you start second-guessing yourself because you're, like, the life is gone. Right. Instead of worrying about the, the 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 atrocity that happened, you're just worried about the loss of life, which is so sad. So yeah, yeah. So and kind of what you were saying with Octavia Spencer's character. Sorry, Chess. Yeah. Uh, um, no, but you know, doing the responsible thing, saying, "Hey, listen, you know, just take the Bart. You know what I mean? You're gonna be drinking. At least you'll be safe. You know, not even thinking that that's not even the safer route of it. You'd be better off drinking and having somebody else drive you. You'd be safer. Yep. You might be." still be alive like how does that how does that make any sense you know what i mean try to do the responsible thing and that's your downfall by doing the responsible thing yeah yeah and grief grief really plays a big part toward the later like 10 minutes 10 to 15 minutes movie and we'll get and we'll we'll, like get we'll reach there but uh yeah we see that you know oscar granny's going around and the first part is really like establishing all the dynamics he has in his life like between him and his uh baby mama him and his daughter is like a really I, I really love the chemistry that two of them have. Like I, I like I like the like little things where he's like dropping her off at daycare and gives her like another fruit snack, even though his even though the mom clearly clearly wouldn't do it. That's that's totally like a move my dad would do. And then you know, after that, just going to 
going to like his old job and like picking picking up his. Well, we we don't know it's his old job at, at the point in the movie, but we just know like it's a place where we 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 understand it's his day off, but we later find out he was fired, like 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 Russell said for being late, and he's he's a dude that like people that like people like. And funny thing about this is like he's just, like talking to his homie behind the counter, and there's a white woman like two like ten feet away. And he was like trying to buy, trying to buy things for a fish fry, and the way he's looking at her, just like, hey, bro, you, you just, you just got, you just got caught messing with a side piece. You go, you go to, you start that shit again. You really go start that shit again. Come on, come on, man. <laughs> That's that that was a very funny scene because you, you're you're truly wondering what his motivations are. Um, but the funny thing is, is like he gen like, and I think that was the other thing that we keep in mind because I think about that. I think about him at the gas station, which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. And yeah. that like issues, yeah. But like he genuinely is a good dude. This this white girl genuinely is like, I'm just trying to make a fish fry happen. And he's like, all right, like I got you. Like all, all right, right, grandma. Yeah, you know, <laughs> help him out. Like help her out. You know. I so. I, I love the part where he's just like, oh yeah, I uh, have fish fries for a friend of mine. He's like, is he black? No, he. Had black, he has black friends. Like, oh, so he's one of these people, one of these people who had a, one of these guys who will grow up and had a, and have a back when I was blackface. My mom was one of those people. Just look at her CD collection if you want proof. Um, he's like, oh yeah, uh, he's like, oh yeah, a grandma. Uh, help, help out this nice white woman. <laughs> just, just get her all her fish, all the fish. She gets, she gets, she gets her stuff, and yeah, you know, it's 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 good, and like we see that. You know, like I said, we find out he lost his job, so he's really on a hard time. Like his sister's asking him for rent money, and like he doesn't say no. Like that's that's the thing. Like he he doesn't say no. He doesn't say like, oh yeah, I, I can't cover you because he he knows there's so many people depending on him, and like he doesn't want to let anyone down because because of his screw ups. So he's so he's like he's he's like I'm gonna find a way to provide for everyone. Yeah. Even- well, and that's 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 the thing that I think is so again telling about him. All of his mistakes that you notice throughout the movie, they aren't coming from, with the exception of him cheating. That's him just being an asshat. But they, none of them spawn from him being a bad dude. They're coming from him trying to do the right thing. You know what I mean? He, he got busted for selling drugs because he's trying to do what he can to provide for his family. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, like... All of this is spawning from him just being in a bad situation and just trying to do better by himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's on the phone with his sister, and he's like, "Can you pick up a car for mom?" No, but not, but not one with no white people on it. Okay. Give me one black. Give me one black people. Which really made me reevaluate how many cards have I had? How many like cards have I given or had that have black people on them? I just started that company, just the all black greeting card company. Bro, have you not? Have, do, 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 do you not know that there is there is like a black greeting card company where they specifically they're like hood ass birthday cards and shit. Where there, it's just like, oh shit, son, <laughs> I see your ass. I, <laughs> like, that's, I, I did not, but I want to get those cards now. I'll see if I can find. I'll see if I can it, find it, it. But it's 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 uh, funny little dude, quips one, it, and shit like that. Yeah. You open it, it says bra. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, br- bruh is also a very uh, prevalent thing in this movie. It's it's like every tenth word is bruh in this film. Uh, he's a lot of bruh. I'd say it's overused, but I know people who like this in real life who say that word a lot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll give it a pass. And this is the scene that Wiz was talking about earlier in the gas station. Like, he's going up, he's, fill, he's filling up his car, 
and he sees a, he's a, he sees a stray. Uh, he sees a, a stray pit. You know, he he, pat, he pats the sentence on its way, and then like he's texting, and like off screen you hear the, and you hear a car go, and he's like, oh fuck no, and yeah, that dog the dog got run over, and it's. It's incredibly sad. I'm a big dog guy, so I get really uneasy whenever I see a dog die in a movie. But the fact that it's a pit, I don't think is an accident. Because if you think about the way pits were perceived in the early 2000s, this was like post Michael Vick or Michael Vick getting arrested. Like they were seen as like really problematic dogs. And they yeah. were seen as like this the, they were like the scourge of the dog world. Nobody wanted a pit. Nobody treated them with any respect but like pits are lovely dogs i love pit bulls Mm -hmm. but i think that's kind of symbolic of the way that because no 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 one gave pit a second thought at this this time i think that's symbolic of the way people view oscar grant like people see him as the mistakes he made rather than who he is as a person just like this dog so yeah i think that 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 was the intention I, i really give a lot of credit to Ryan Coogler. Also, give a lot of credit to that dog. That dog should have gotten a Best Supporting Actor nomination. Jesus, he really, <laughs> he really played dead Man, really that was well. So hard. That was so heartbreaking. Ugh. Yeah, just the way, just the way so, that dog looked with his with his so big sad. puppy dog eyes, and he's dying. Oh god. Yeah. And then Michael well, B. And... Jordan's running after that car. It's just like, oh, what an asshole. What an asshole. Well, this this was this was harder. This was harder for me because I just adopted a dog. It happens to be a pit. And and one of the things that people equate with pits all the time is that pits. Are essentially the you sort of t- tapped at this already. Chance pits are essentially the black people of the dog world, and that they are that that if you know anybody that has pits, if you've met them, they're they're extremely loyal and they're very protective. But oh, yeah, they are yeah. the some of the most lovable dogs you could ever meet. But they get a horrible fucking rap. Yes, and because so the dog fights, yeah, and, and not and not just that, but because they're so protective and loyal. You, so yeah. part of it is the dog fights, but part of it is because they 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 fiercely defend their family members. So that includes yeah. their, their their that includes their pack, which would be their owners or other animals or things like that. That that's just who they are uh, as as like a species in particular. And so it's one of those things where you watch this happen, um, and. You almost it's almost foreshadowing about what's about to happen to Oscar, where like misunderstood, all that kind of stuff. Someone being fucking reckless just takes just snuffs him out. And then like the dog, if I remember correctly, does he end up putting the dog out of its misery or just dies? I don't remember. He, 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 he just dog dies. Just bleeds out and dies. Okay. So yeah. so even to that point, to watch that dog die in his arms, you know what I mean? Is like even that is just a a just super traumatic situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just, just to, to see that happen. Um, and it really is setting up for what is ultimately to come uh, later on in the, in the film. Yeah. And the, 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 this time Oscar does take some self-reflection. He's, he's at the water waiting to, he needs the money. So he has to go back to sell, he has to go back to selling dope. And at that time he thinks back to a time his mom visited him in prison. And, it's it's uh it starts the, the conversation starts off like really nice between the two of them. He's talking to him about his daughter, and then you know, an inmate freaks out, like he, like starts to attack him. Well, not not attack, like verbally attack him. And they, they right. go back and forth, and that's where the mom is just like, okay, this is the last, this is the last time I'm coming to see you in prison. 
and he's just and like it, you and th- they basically drop the fact that his daughter thinks that he's just like, going on like business trips or whatever. Like, and yeah, you understand yeah. like he's it, it's just, it's setting into him like I'm putting my daughter in like a really horrible situation. It's time for a change. Like the the real gut punch in this scene is when his mom leaves, just like just just gets him and walks he out. Wants a hug. Doesn't yeah, he just wants a hug and doesn't doesn't even give it to him. And yeah, doesn't just completely just turns her back on him. And yeah. it's not easy for her to do because, like, the whole time you look at her face, and she's like, like she's like heartbroken. And I give yeah. that a big testament to Octavia Spencer as an actress. She's she's truly a fantastic actress. Nice. And phenomenal. Yeah, she she has a couple really great scenes in this movie. And this this is uh, this is just one of them. And yeah, you can see like this is the moment where Oscar decided like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn it around right here. This is this is this is where things just go. This this is this is why I can't be doing this anymore. So, but this is where we start to see him doing like kind of doing the right thing. Like yeah. we saw with the dog, you know what I mean? We saw all these other things helping the uh, you know uh, Katie, the uh, the white chick out at the uh, grocery store, like doing the right G- thing, giving, trying to be a better person, giving, like, we're really giving away to giving away a stash, also yeah. to a yeah. guy he agreed to sell to him, and he, he agreed to not sell it. I don't know. I don't know if he lied. About about uh, selling the rest of his stash to a white boy, but you know whether either, it, whether or not he is like he just gave away his own personal his own personal drugs. So like, yeah, he's he's trying to he's trying to go clean. He's trying to go straight. Uh, he goes to pick up his daughter. They have a race. He absolutely smokes her. Oscar Grant's when it comes when it comes to his <laughs> when it comes to letting his kid win. He he, he can beat any child at racing. <laughs> he's the kind of dad who will play one one will play one on his kid look, and look, just like look, stop I, on him. I, I, for, forgive me, brother. What was your name again? Russell. 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 Yeah. Okay. So Russell, you already probably know this as a dad, man. You don't let oh, your yeah. children just win. No. If they don't learn no. how to take defeat gracefully, they're gonna be That's some what... sucker ass suckers when they get older. So you gotta smoke your child and let them know That's who's what... boss. That's why I tell my wife. My wife's like, "God, you're so hard on her." I said, "I said I, I'm not playing to lose the game. I'm sorry. I'm competitive well, by well, nature myself. Well, so not, you know exactly. Yeah, not only are you competitive, absolutely. but." You don't yeah. want to raise. You don't want to raise a child that's entitled and thinks that they just automatically yeah. win. Like maybe, maybe no, don't be a complete. Agree. Maybe don't be a complete ass when they're two. But once your ass is old <laughs> enough to like say, "Daddy, come over here and get this work." Oh, guess what's about to happen? You about to get yeah. schooled until you can take me. That's your ass, Mister Postman. <laughs> like, I mean, good. There's a reason why you're gonna run track when you're older. <laughs> I'm, about, I'm about to stuff on a six-year-old father of the year right, and you're welcome i feel better about myself today so that's all that matters <laughs> uh, yeah but anyway he picks up a daughter he goes to goes to drop off or they go to talk to his baby mama's mother where like hey, can you watch uh tatiana tonight she's like why don't you go to your sister he's like you already got a, you already has to watch six kids when i saw that in the movie i was like wait six kids god damn uh, no. I like. I like. Are they all hers? What's one more? What's this? <laughs> watching six that's, kids and watching that's sex. That's wild. She's already watching six. What's one more? Wild. Yeah. That that's some. <laughs> look, as, as someone who's someone who's Latino, that's like some Latino ass shit. It's just like, ah, you can, you can take out more kids. Why not? Well, that's the, the other TV, thing. That yeah. I, that's the other thing that I'm curious about is, are they all her kids, or she just happened to be babysitting everybody's yeah, kids I'm that sure. weekend? That's that's the other thing I'm curious. She, yeah, about. We, we never got an answer to that, but it's like, damn, did she did she really draw the short straw? That it, so that sucks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Boy, but she's not looking forward to the next weekend. She has to do that. 
Seriously. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure she's like, next time y'all at no, nah, I'm going out. Y'all can watch the damn kids. <laughs> she's like, next time you call, I'm actually not even answering my phone. I'm actually probably getting a new number as this shit's going on. <laughs> she's 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 hot she's she's like hiding in, in she's like hiding under the <laughs> window. Like, just nobody making like any noise. A burner phone. Yeah. If I don't make any noise, they can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, hopefully the TV is working. Yeah, so and uh you know, and continuing with like Oscar trying to better his life, he comes clean to uh Fina his baby mom about him losing his job and yeah you know as expected she's she's angry but he's like yeah you know i could have i could have i'm still providing lights still on food still on the table so i, I could have kept this up but i want to i want to come clean i want to be the bigger person and he just mm-hmm. he's just like you're a fucking asshole but we're gonna have sex anyways but you're a fu- well, you're still a fucking asshole <laughs> <laughs> it's like i should have came out more sooner <laughs> <laughs> damn this, it is, it is gonna get me <laughs> Should have said this when I lost my job. Why didn't I do this earlier? Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the other thing uh, that I think is super funny is the idea that, like, you know, the truth will set you free, man. Like, yeah. he was all like, damn, well, you know, okay, I'm, I'm just going to be out here in these streets. And, like, yeah, you know, I, I really think we should have a – like, I, I, I guarantee you if this is, like, sad to even make it a show, but I guarantee you if he had made it to the next day, he'd have been like, yo, baby, this honesty shit works. You remember that white girl on the train? You want to do a threesome or some shit? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, Dude, we're going to have her have some, have some fish. <laughs> hey, yo, I thought I was, I was white I had a fish fry. I bet she learned some lessons. Let's, let's, let, let, let's go talk to her. Let's talk to Katie. I'll, I'll admit it. I'll, I'll admit it. Ka- Ka- I, Katie's pretty. I, I, I think I think Katie's pretty. Yeah. Cool, so. get, uh, get yourself that release. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the next oh, the next part sure. of the movie is uh, the part is uh, the party for his mom. It's his mom's birthday, so they're having a big like I think it's like a, they're making gumbo is what it looks like. And so, uh, yeah, uh, they're having gumbo. And this is this this scene is basically all about it's all about community. Like this one, it's, it's like it's a microcosm of that, but that's still what it is. So, like they're coming, they're talking, they're talking, and you, you feel like it. It feels like a neighborhood almost. You get what I'm saying? Like, it reminds me of soul. Reminds me of soul food. The movie. It does remind like me of how soul you food. have that whole. You know what I mean? That whole you know that whole community, whole family thing, that whole structure of like yeah. centered around like a, a celebration. You know what I mean? Yeah, and just like it seems like this, where it's just like him, it's like talk, it's like talking about like things like in real life. Like you know, like like who's gonna win the Super Bowl that year? It was Pittsburgh. Aha, fuck you, Winston. Uh, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh, yeah, to, to talk about stuff, stuff like that makes this scene like makes feel really human. Like it, it seems like these are things. It seems like this in this entire movie as a whole. It's almost so good. It, it's so good that it almost makes you forget what movie you're actually watching. Because like mm-hmm. it, it feels like it's like a day in the life movie, and these scenes are so good that you won't even know that there's nothing in those bowls. Literally, it's it's like a Kirk Cameron syndrome. There is nothing in any of those bowls, and you don't. Remember that thing I said? That thing I sent you about the Tyler Perry that one show. Oh, that guy was at the diner. Yeah, and he was like fake. He was fake eating. <laughs> there was nothing in the bowl. Or there's, something nothing, like that. there's nothing. And uh, yeah, same. Don't get me started on Tyler Perry. Goddamn it! So, <laughs> so get that guy some soup. Get, get that guy some get, food. Make him look soup. believable. Give him stew. Jeez, oh, easy the, mac that if you have to get some easy mac in there. Did the budget? Did the budget not allow for stew? Seriously, kind of feed your help. So, yeah, uh, dinner's over, and this is the scene we talked about earlier, where like he's like, "Oh, we're, we're gonna drive to Frisco." Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna drink. And yeah, the mom tells him, 
take take the BART, which I guess is the I'm not sure what the BART stands for. Don't 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 fucking at me. Uh, Bay Area Rapid Transit. I was gonna say Bay Area something train, but yeah, close enough. Thank you, thank you, Winston. <laughs> You're welcome. No worries, man. <laughs> Our resident expert on Bay Area travel, everybody, Winston Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, uh, they decided to take that, but before th- they decided to take that to Frisco as opposed to taking taking the train. Uh, before that, they have to go and drop off uh, his daughter at uh, Fina's sister's, and this is like a re- this is like a really hard to watch scene because it's him talking about what he's gonna do with his daughter tomorrow. He's like, we're gonna play Candyland. We're gonna go to go to Chuck E. Cheese. You know, play all the games, get all the pizza, whatever, whatever, whatever you want. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be a fun day. And basically, all the things they're not gonna do, they're not gonna do tomorrow. I know it sucks to say, but that's that's what it is. I I feel like the thing that really does it here uh, for me is when you know he's trying to help her get ready for bed. That the brushing of his his teeth, the yeah. brushing of his teeth, with his finger. With, like doing yeah. the whole finger thing. Like I feel like everybody has done that when they were a kid or. Like that was such a touching moment with his daughter, and again, just drilling home that like he was a father, and he even that you know yeah. we're we're getting closer and closer to the end here. But even how that is, the last thing he says is like, "You shot me, bro. I have a daughter. Like what? Yeah. Like that? That's where his mom, and that that again drives home to George Floyd the fact that like yeah. he was calling out for his dead mother in his last yeah. few moments. It's the same thing that we're. That just you see that this is just a human that just got completely fucked over. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But but, no, but notice that Oscar didn't even worry about himself. He was more yeah. his, his thoughts on his daughter. Yeah, yeah, he shot me, but I got a daughter. Like I like this is just this has to let let this situation hurry up and go away. Like let let me let me get you know see my daughter again. That's that's yeah. all it's about. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's definitely heartbreaking. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, they go to the train. Like I said, he's he's late once again. Real, real down, real downfall, real downfall of Oscar Grant. Um, but yeah, so uh, he meets he meets up with his homies. They all get on the train. Two of them jump the style. Which, if you if you look the scene, I, I think there's like a guard or like someone like in that in that like uh, in in that like, in yeah, the booth, in that yeah. little, uh, like ticket booth or whatever. He's really yeah. not doing his job. <laughs> they're, they're, no, they're he's he's sleeping. He's doing something. <laughs> He's, he's, yeah, yeah he's party. they they a lot of times they let that shit slide on on uh, in bigger moments like yeah, that, like in, in, in New Year's. Like I mean, they are watching, but they're you know you, at first I I couldn't remember when I started rewatching. I was like, is this the thing that sets it all off? I, I so I was like, Jesus, they jumped the turnstile. Like I killed for that shit. Like that's wild. <laughs> that's yeah, as well. <laughs> but the the thing is, it, w- I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me though the way everything goes. You know what I mean? Like stupid shit like that would cause you know what I mean. A series yeah. of events yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So they they get they get on they get on the Bart and they're you know it's, it's like five minutes to midnight, and like these two hooded guys get on the train and just like oh you're you're on it the entire time like oh okay, it's, it's gonna be it, and then like they they get on like one of the hooded, the hooded dudes takes it off and he's just like he's about to like approach one of his homies, and he's just like yo he's not playing music he's like yo he's a speaker crank that shit <laughs> basically I mean oh the best okay the best is um. By far is is the fact that they they went and got some legit like played some legit ass Bay Area stuff, which I think Ryan Coogler is actually from Oakland if I remember. He is. But like I went to uh, I went to Occidental College, hella Bay Area people like there, so I knew all about Mac Dre, uh, East Forty Two <laughs> Short, all that. So the minute they start playing that Mac Dre, I was out here just like even yeah. though I don't have my dreads anymore, I was out here shaking them and shit like doing my thiz face. I was like, come on now. 
Hit it with that soundtrack. That's some real shit. And everybody, we've all been in New York or the Bay Area or something with some public transit where there's always one dude that has to play his phone on speaker or has a plug-in speaker that he just be playing shit. So I love that, like, uh, yeah. you even, same thing, like you said, the sense of community that everybody's just turning up on the train. Like, that was I mean, I mean, it basically just shows you get, you get a bunch of black people together in a confined space. A party's going to break out. Or a fight. Mm-hmm. But usually a party. But a party can happen anywhere. It can. And here it's on the on a train, you know? It's like, it's like yeah. Got, that, got, got that portable speaker. Let's go. Yeah. Even the people go, even the white people going to prom are getting down with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they uh, get to San Francisco. Uh, they're partying. And then the other that scene where the girls need to use the restroom. So they go to like the shop, the shop guy. And he's like, hey, yo, can you just please like let me use your employee bathroom? Like, we'll, we'll pay you, t- we'll pay you 10 bucks. And no one, no one has to know about it. Like, just please look, like look, like look at them. <laughs> and he's like, okay, just those two. And then like a pregnant couple comes along. And like, all right, goddamn it, you, t- you two, fine, but no one else. Yeah. And he's talking to this guy who, it's 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 this, it's this white dude who has like oh he's a wife and they're expecting, and he's just like yeah you know, we got together we had nothing. I even had to steal her ring, but like cut to a few years later, I have I have my own business and things are going really well for us and. I think this scene is kind of Oscar Oscar realizing like, hey, th- I could. This is something I could strive to be. You know, I may be down now, but I could. Things could turn around for me. And like, this is is him basically seeing like someone like some a place he could get to, with him and Fina, his daughter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, I think again, the sad part about this is it's it's a scenario where you just get to see he the potential that was there for his life him really starting to turn yeah. the wheels it's just another one of those type scenarios where like like i i think about what we were all saying about 2020 we were all going to be like yo 2020 that year like for me for example i you know i had um uh i had had like lined up a major meeting uh with a studio for for a project um and i was the next week when all of this shit went down was supposed to uh, like meet with the, with the CEOs and potentially work on this, this big project. And then they were like, they were like, as soon as we get back from South by Southwest, we're going to do this meeting and we'll go forward. Then South by Southwest gets canceled. They're like, all right, let's see if we can actually do this, uh, you know, on, on uh, the Wednesday uh, instead, since I'm in town, why don't we just do it? And then Wednesday comes along and they're like, yo, this shit is out of hand. We're shutting everything down. Sorry. Oof. And then that was just that was just it. Now, I could want to cross my fingers when this is all over that they still approach me. We'll see what happens. But it's kind of the same scenario where it's like, yo, man, like I didn't do shit. Like I stole my ring and then I bought her a real one. Like I turned my life around. You can do this shit, too. Here's my card. Like all the potential that was there yeah. and just gone. In an instant, and and the difference between me and Oscar is that there is a p- opportunity for maybe I can still do this, and his life's gone. Like that's yeah. again, this movie. Th- this is where I give Ryan Coogler so much credit. Uh, whether or not this is a historically accurate thing that happened or not, by including these moments, we're just constantly reminded this is just a human. It is a human. He is a human. He is humanizing where someone would attempt to dehumanize him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, they finished. And spe- Good. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and especially like later on down the road, if he needed a job, he could have even turned to this guy. And then right. he w- really wouldn't know much about like the whole, uh, what was it, um, web media, design. Web, design. Uh, web design. Like, I'm sure he wouldn't know anything about that. But I'm just saying, worst case scenario, if he had a job for him, though, you know what I mean? 
Like he just, could have like, learned just anything. You never know. Yeah, you never like, know. Like, yeah. Like, like easily work, work something like work your way into their network and, and, and get your foot in the door with that. Maybe that could have been a, a door opening. Kind of what, you know, Winston was saying about, you know, it's just that, that potential, all that potential like gone, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And this is these events lead up to that. So they, they uh, get back on the train to go, to go home. Uh, he's, he's going to like one, to one side of the train and who she see, but <laughs> uh white girl, need a, white girl need a help. Kate is was beyond that train. She's like, "Hey, Oscar!" What are, and I, I love the, the odds? I love the look on the face of the guy she's with. She's like, "Oh wait, shit! Who, who's who's this guy? Should I be worried?" <laughs> Oscar's like, "Shit! I brought I brought my baby mama with me. Damn it! Damn! <laughs> Damn it!" <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's a, earlier that day, white girl in trouble. To the rescue! Earlier, like, oh, I got, I got, I got, I got baby mama, I got baby mama here. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's nice to see that, but. Who else should be on this train but the guy who was talking shit to him in prison? What are the odds? What are the odds? I mean, like, jeez, it's just—it's crazy the odds. Yeah, but I also—I also feel like it's funny. You don't necessarily think that that's coming. It doesn't look yeah, no. like crazy no. foreshadowing. But the truth is, oh. is it really is. It really is incredible foreshadowing. F- that this had to resolve itself at some point or another, and for it to resolve right the fuck now, holy shit, man! Yeah, but that's the brilliance of Kukler, though, putting that in yeah. at the beginning of the film. Where the hell would you ever think that that would come back again? Yeah, you, you would exactly. You, you never, you never see yeah. it coming. No, I, I for sure, because you know when I was watching, I'm like, oh, it's just you know, it's jail talk. It's like these guys all you know pumping their chests and stuff like that. No big deal. Who would have thought randomly, like at a night of celebration and stuff like that, that is this is how you're. This is the this is the beginning of the end. This is what starts the downward spiral. It's completely crazy. Yeah. yeah so uh, the, a fight breaks out. Train stops. Police are called. Uh, one main cop played by Kevin Durand, who I who was basically born to play an asshole. I'm sure he's a very nice guy in real life. But <laughs> I'm, just, sure he, so I'm sure he's a very nice guy, but look at him. Like, he is born he, to play a dick in everything. He looks like, seriously, he looks like an asshole. He does. God damn, y'all. Tell like, us how you really feel. <laughs> like, I said, like I said, I'm sure he's a very nice guy, but God damn, he, he was born to play a bad guy. Probably listen to classical music in the car. He's probably the nicest person. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, the, he a bunch of his friends get detained, and then like, he's like, he's like, get back on, Div- divvy up. Uh, he gets on, and like, he, like he, the cop doesn't even know what happened, but he just sees Oscar. He's like, you get off the train. It's like I just, I didn't do shit. And then he's like, grabs him by the neck and just pulls him yeah. out. And it's, it's, it's scary, man. Like it's scary. It's like uncomfortable. This entire scene is because like they're just like sitting down. They're not doing anything. And he's like, you yeah. can't arrest, you can't arrest us, for, you can't arrest us for doing, for, for, you can't arrest us because we haven't done anything yet. And yeah, yeah like Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant continues continues to be a dick, is like verbally assaulting, just like verbally assaulting them, physically assaulting them, like his homie with the dreads gets like body slammed, like right before this. And this entire mm-hmm. scene, like this, this entire scene, like is Cougars all directing because it feels very visceral. It feels like very like raw. It feels like this entire, even the camera work was like shaky. It feels. It, it feels very like guerrilla type amateur filmmaking. I mean, and I mean that in like a very positive way because it makes the experience all that more engrossing. Well, that and that and whenever you're in scenarios like that, time is moving at a weird pace. Like because your adrenaline's flowing, it is very disorienting, which is the other part. Like you have multiple people yelling yeah. and shit like that. And I think it has what what he did such a good job with 
is the very visceral effect uh, of, of Kevin Durant, like you said, like you see a lot of these cops that tend to want to be these kind of assholes. And then as we see in a, just a minute, um, they maybe are used to their level of like, this is how much of the line I'm going to break. You notice how a complete switch flips. Yeah. When, when, once, once Oscar is down, all of a sudden he goes from like, Oh fuck. Or like, yo, fuck you and all this shit to, Oh, what the fuck? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's, that's the other, that's the other issue that I think is going on here. If you want to play with fire, once you actually get burned and the burning is you killed somebody. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, yeah. but he knows in that moment he's in the wrong. He's like, shit, yep. like, I fucked up. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking about that, like, He's like him talking to shit. The cop, the cop says, "Cause his bitch ass nigga." He's like, "Don't say that." Oh, bitch ass nigga. And then he's just like, "Oh yeah, here's this." And then he like puts him down, and he like knees on his neck. Was seen that's even more uncomfortable to watch now than it was in 2013. Right. Yeah, right. And it should be it should be noted that the uh, the cop who ultimately shoots Oscar is played by Chad Michael Murray. Something I didn't notice until. I saw it like three times. Is like, that Chad Michael Murray? Oh Legit. One, I, tree, I, one Tree I, Hill Zone, I, Chad I Michael Murray is, the, is that cop. That is I Chad Michael Murray. Holy shit. Oh my God. I thought that was him, but then it didn't look like him. Yeah, it's because you, like, you never get like a really good look at him. But yeah, I swear, dude, that is Chad Michael Murray. That, that that's, who the, thought, that's who yeah. I thought it was, but I wasn't 100%. Oh, wow. It's crazy. But that and the fact that like just knowing like essentially all the roles he's playing too. Like he came, he looks like the kind of young pretty boy cop, and and it, it fits pretty well. How again, these young these young cops being spurred on by by these other more like fucked up, like they're they're instilling these bad habits in these younger cops. You yeah. see that that that's that shit getting out of control. You know what I'm saying? Oh, You're man. literally watching him be like, "Yeah, get your ass down, get your ass down," and then bam, and it's like, "Oh, oh, oh. like you know what I'm yeah. saying?" It's like, it's yeah. almost like I, I, what I was trying to teach my little nephew how to play. Like, this is weird to compare these two, but when I was trying to teach my little nephew how to play the dozens. When you don't necessarily know where that line is, so you're like, "Yeah, your mom is so fat, her belt has the equator," and then they say some shit like, oh. "Yeah," and. Yo, your little brother, like, I know he's special needs and shit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, that's way too yeah. fucking far. Like, where are you going? Like, what the fuck? Like, people yeah. don't know how to stop. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that's another one of these scenarios. He didn't know how to stop, and it made for the absolute worst outcome. Yeah. And... Which is crazy, because this situation wasn't that big of a deal. There was a, there was a, there was a fist thrown, and that was it. You know, they've gotten a little bit of a fight. Right. I mean... Had they known that they had a prior scuffle in jail, they would kind of, oh, okay, that makes sense, blah, blah, blah. Nobody was hurt. Nobody got, you know what I mean? It's all good. Yeah. Wash your hands. Have a good night. You know, happy, you know what I mean? Just have a good New Year's. Yeah. Have a safe New Year's. This yep. situation could have been easily squashed. Yeah, but uh, yep. instead what happens is, you know, tension, tensions rise. The, the crowd gets, it gets even more chaotic, the filmmaking. And then it just comes clear when the shot's fired. And just the look, like, it cuts to immediately his face where he's just like, what the hell? He's like, what happened? And it, it's immediately on all the reactions. Everyone's just like, yeah. oh, shit. Everyone's just like, oh, shit. And even the audience, like, the audience is like, oh, shit. Even though you knew this was coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're still surprised. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, get, get, this, get this train out of here. Get everyone out of here right now. And, like, yeah, you see, like, Kevin, Kevin Durant realizes he, like, yeah, okay, I, I fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Paramedics are called. They find out Oscar got shot, and then and then from there, it's basically like 
erased. Like like we said, the last word is just like you shot me, bam. Like I I have I have a, I have a daughter, and yeah, yeah that that scene is like oof, that yeah. breaks you. That 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 scene just absolutely just it's it's a heartbreaking scene. And when you see him, we see like the way his uh, the boy Fino reacts when seeing his when seeing his body come out. It's just like oh it's like oh shit. And from there it's like a race against time to see if they can save Oscar. They all go to the hospital. Right. It's all like, and you see like the way his mom's trying to keep control where it's like all his friends are freaking out and they're just like, hey, stop that. None of that here. We're here for Oscar. We got we to stay positive. We got to, you know, we got we to gotta keep, we got to lift ourselves up for him. And well, even the, even the fact that when she gets the call from, so, uh, from Sophia, yeah. that, that, yo, like the cops and all that's like, what the fuck did Oscar do? Like, that's the first place her mind goes. But then when she really, she's like, no, you don't get it. Like, like this is bad. This is like really, really bad. Um, it's just, just heartbreaking. Cause you notice her go from like, God damn it, boy, I done told your ass to a black mother's worst nightmare. Yeah, is getting yeah. the phone call that your 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 boy has been shot or your your girl has been shot. You know. Yes, uh, they're they're operating on him, and I mean, you know how this goes. They could they they couldn't save him. He ends up dying in the hospital, and I do love the scene where like they're operating on him, and it goes completely silent, and you just see like f- like footage of him and his and his daughter with with no no dialogue, no sound, and it's it's a really it's like this the the editing of all this is phenomenal as well, mm. and yeah, what the thing they come in, they tell him like, yeah, we we lost your son, we did all we could, but we couldn't help him. I I love the scene where. The last of this is all about like PTSD, like not like PTSD, but like grief and guilt, because like you see when his mom goes to see him, like like we said earlier, like he's just like I I told him to take the train, and you can see like she's just like racked with like so much like emotion. She she feels like she feels like on a level like this is her like this is like her fault, and I the like her last line was just like you gotta let me hug him, you you gotta let me hug him. He didn't want to be he didn't want to be alone. It's like oh. Oh my god, it's mm-hmm. it's, so, it's so hard to watch. And but you're even tying that hug into the moment when he wanted to hug in jail too. Yeah, yeah, like yep. it's, it's, a, it's a good callback to that scene. Good, yeah. good, good catch on that one. And then yep. like going to like and like you're just like shuddering to fe- to see how his daughter's gonna react. Like like his his uh, Fina goes to pick her up from her sisters. They go home and then they get they get in the shower together. And it's, it's like, ask, he, he, like the daughter asks Fina, like, "Where's, where's Daddy?" And then it cuts to black. Now I think the decision to do that scene in the shower, I think, is because it's just such an intimate location. Yeah, that, that's the reason I decided to do it there. And I think it's almost more effective that he, that she doesn't, that we don't see her tell him, we, we don't see her tell her what happened to him. It's almost kind of like you, you have to put the pieces together yourself. It's almost like what you can envision what would what would what would you say to your kid yeah you know like that and it's almost I mean, like yeah. anything you can envision is more is more emotionally devastating than anything they can show you yeah 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 so uh we get the we get the final the final words of this film which is like uh you know after uh the fire and the officer stepped down the general police manager the bar police stepped down uh the cop was arrested, charged for voluntary manslaughter, charged two years, only served 11 months. Again, Mind still blowing. still less time than Michael Vick served for his involvement in dogfighting, but whatever. Actually, no, not whatever. This is a big problem. Yeah. Uh, and it, it really hits me that he was 22 years old. Like, he, he's my age. 
and it's crazy. yeah that's the thing like i said at the beginning it's just it's crazy all those responses that, that'd be like you chance imagine juggling all that responsibility yeah. on top of it you know what i mean Shit, I it's imagine. crazy and yeah the last thing we see is like uh like uh real footage from uh a celebration of Oscar Grant or like a protest for Oscar Grant. Uh, and the last face we see is his daughter, his real life daughter, Tatiana, who she really got the raw end of this deal because like she now has to grow up. She lost her debt. She, she now has to live without that. And she was robbed of so many you know, great memories and good times with her dad just because some hothead cop and, yeah. you know, feeling like really, you feel really bad for her. So that's the end of the movie. So, uh, final thoughts. Uh, I'm going to go to our guest first. Winston, final thoughts on Fruitvale Station. I mean, it remains one of my top films. Uh, like, I, I really haven't seen it in a while, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I can't watch this over and over again. Um, it's it's a little too pain, a little too painful. Uh, but I'm grateful because I haven't seen it. Uh, oh God, maybe since I saw it in theaters, uh, which in theaters. I was devastated when he got shot. I broke the fuck down when he died and when the mom was asking to hug him. And, and I, I, I just think that this is phenomenal work. And it's one of those situations where when you see a rookie in a sports league go off in their rookie year, you're like, I know that I just watched the beginning of something special. And that's very true, though. That came of both Michael B. Jordan and of Ryan Coogler. They, they, their stars have risen, have risen so high since that movie, uh, and will only continue to do so. Uh, I don't know if you do you give this a rating, or are you just asking no, for my final just, thoughts. No, just just final. Well, if you want to give it a rating, go ahead. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, if I had, if it was what I'd say, we on Blurts in the Hood when we're rating shows, we do it out of five. So I would say, uh, out of five, I gotta give this like a like a 4.95 maybe even a five i don't know i don't know why i'm holding back on it i i to me i think it is honestly a perfect movie you took a small budget um and you made absolute gold um so i i, I love this film yeah uh russell final thoughts on food station yeah i had like i told you in the chat i said i had not seen this um it was a movie that i bought i, I wanted to see it because you know i i liked you know i love brian coogler as a director michael b jordan as an actor obviously uh it was one i wanted to get to wanted to get to wanted to get to and just you know we have those movies that we just we never get around to and i'm glad that we got to watch this because wow yeah um and i think it it's 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 timely i think it's it's a perfect time to talk about this film and i'm glad we got to do that um just watching kind of what chance was saying about the you know even when they were putting uh, their knee on his neck and stuff like that it's just it's a timely film it, and it's a hard to watch film but it's raw it's real and i think that's the beauty of kubler uh like we were saying in this film uh, it's just it's it's a short watch um it stays with you though um yeah, overall, it's a, like, like I said, it's a really great film. Uh, it's probably right up there with. I mean, all of Coogler's films are good. When you when you say all your films are pretty pretty much solid across the board, that's that's a good problem to have. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a timely film, and it's something I think kind of like I think Winston was alluding to earlier, just about like you know, it's 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 about like redemption and like seeing the human the human side of things, not like because you know there are good in people that are trying to better themselves like yeah you know we all get wrapped up in the wrong things sometimes or we do wrong but there's ne there's always that chance that we could be better and i think now more than ever i think it's important that we 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 watch that and we we walk away with that type of message you know what i mean 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was I I adore this film. This is my favorite film of 2013, and you know it's crazy. You see, you see the runtime; it's only 85 minutes. Not a very long movie, but don't look at that yeah. runtime and think this is an easy watch because this is an unrelenting 85 minutes, especially towards the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, this really showcased what Cougar could do, and you can see why he got so much great work. And now he's making like multi-billion-dollar comic book movies that are also like very like, culturally important. Like he's a he's a filmmaker who was on the come up. I do believe, I believe eventually we'll see him win Best Director. This is movie made Michael B. Jordan one of my favorite working actors. I think he is stellar. I don't think he, he's one of those actors. I don't think he's capable of giving a bad performance. Uh, I think he's awesome in this film. He's my favorite performance of 2013. I think he should have. He should have been in the conversation for Best Actor, honestly. I think he's mm-hmm. phenomenal in this film. Uh, just the direction, the editing, the story it tells him. Yeah, it's a really it's a really human take on something that can easily be dehumanized. I'm sure it was dehumanized at the time. And you can see why Ryan Coogler yeah. wanted to bring light to this story and the lo- bring light to the life of Oscar Grant because it's something that he it's something that he probably wasn't seeing a lot of. So he decided to do that. It's a phenomenal film. And I think you should watch it in you know, to really un- get a grasp of why people are feeling things they're feeling right now, if, if you really want to get a handle on that. So that brings us to the end of the show, and uh, okay, a little peek behind the curtain. We had a whole, it may seem abrupt, and it may seem like there's one person missing out of here. Uh, we had a whole thing, a whole bit at the end of our last show, where I had, we introduced we, a new segment called Cast It, and I had Russell and Winston cast the black justice league uh it was really funny it was really entertaining uh but our recorder bugged out so we that bit is now lost to time <laughs> and it, it's lost uh, in the ether now yeah it sucks but uh you know what uh we the, the bit is not dead not entirely because we're gonna have winston come back we're, we're gonna bring it back next week and winston's coming back to do it with us so uh it's gonna be a, a different one this time so that's, that's gonna be fun uh, but and also, I will say that uh, their lineups will be going on our Facebook page, uh, so that way you can vote on who you think had the better lineup. And I God, I cannot uh, wait! Uh, I cannot wait to hear the reaction to Russell's to some of Russell's choices because oh my God! Whatever. <laughs> uh, it, 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 trust me, you'll you'll understand when you see it. But uh, yeah, uh, I want to thank Winston for coming on. Uh, Things I think I remember him plugging uh, bla- uh, Blurs in the Hood, and that's the show with Jay Washington. Uh, he had Positive Black People News, uh, whatever else he wants to plug. I'm sure he can do it properly when he comes back next week. Uh, but uh, yeah, follow him on Twitter. We'll, we'll include his Twitter handle in our description. But Russell, you want to give our plugs before we head out? Yeah, Notorious by Chance on Facebook. Uh, go ahead and join the group, and uh, that's where we put our polls up to get you guys to vote on what we review. Uh, yeah, looking forward to this whole uh, the Black Justice League vote. So this this should be pretty exciting, uh, especially with my cam, especially with my cast. Oh boy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you can also you can also find us on YouTube, Notorious by Chance. Uh, we'll, we'll be probably putting up some reviews soon with like the new video VODs that are coming out that we want to review and talk about. So we'll go ahead and probably post those within next week or so. I imagine. I imagine. Vision. But yeah, you can find us there. Notorious by chance on both of them. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Chance Wars underscore 91. Uh, and check out the showdown. I have a big match with one Mr. Uh, what's his boy, Paul Oyama, coming up very, very soon in the interview tournament, round one. Uh, it's going to be it's gonna be a blast. I hope you guys tune into that. And that's going to do it for us. Uh, we will see you next week 
where we dive into some unnecessary sequels. It's a lot to choose from and a lot to dissect with any movie we get. So that's gonna be that's gonna be great, and that's gonna do it for us here on Atari's by Chance. Uh, we will see you next time. <laughs>